are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday. We're going to change it up in today's show due to some big news coming out yesterday that Giannis is re-signing in Milwaukee. I wanted to do a deep dive on Brandon Ingram. We're going to push that till tomorrow, I think. And then later in the week on Friday, we'll have another special show for you all, um, kind of by popular request to some degree. So we'll get into that in uh, the over the rest of the week. But today we are focusing on Giannis and then some of the notes from the game the other day. But this is big news of Giannis re-signing with the Milwaukee Bucks. It's both good and bad for New Orleans. I'll explain why it's bad, but maybe not as bad as some people are making it out to be, and then why it's good for a team like New Orleans in a small market who's going to kind of go through some of this in the future, probably with Zion Williamson, and there's some definite parallels there, and this should make you feel a little bit more optimistic. Then we'll talk more about Kyra Lewis Jr., Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and I want to touch on Steven Adams as well from the preseason game against the Miami Heat. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. So the big news of the day, of course, derails what I had planned to talk about in today's show. But this is pretty relevant to New Orleans and small markets in general, both good and bad. Like for for one, for Giannis resigning and retaining a star, which is very difficult to do in these small markets. But also the Pelicans have a bunch of the Bucks picks from the Drew Holiday trade. So how are they impacted by that? So this is especially relevant, probably more so to New Orleans than any other team outside of the Milwaukee Bucks, more so than a team like the Miami Heat who are going to make a run at Giannis or the Lakers who might have made a run at Giannis. It's more relevant to New Orleans for how everything went with all of this. So the big news is, of course, that Giannis signed the Supermax deal. It's tying him to the Milwaukee Bucks for an extremely long time. It's a five-year deal that runs through the 2025-26 season. He's got an opt-out after the fourth year, so he could potentially leave in 2025 it also is making him an average of 140 or sorry it's an average of 45.6 million dollars the total is 228.2 million dollars a lot of money but he's multiple time mvp winner and he is worth every penny of it especially in a small market that is kind of taking a shot to retain this guy and try and win a title something that is harder to do in these small markets than a big market this is this is important for a number of reasons. We'll get into the small the small market stuff and the league wide stuff, but this is big to New Orleans because, well, they have a bunch of the Bucks picks from the Drew Holiday trade. They actually have their first round picks in 2025 and 27, and they have a pick swap in 2026. So on the surface, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter going, oh, well, this makes the Pelicans picks uh, a whole lot worse. They also have a pick swap in 2024. I don't know if it's actually the case. If you look at this, 
Say Giannis opts out after the 2025 season. Well, that pick might not be then great, of course, but the 2027 pick is probably pretty good alongside the pick swap in 2026, especially if all things fall apart for the Milwaukee Bucks. That was part of David Griffin's plan in getting these first round picks that are so far out and not in the next couple of drafts or or more recent than that. As we said, those picks could outlast Giannis even on an, if he signed a super max deal. And that opt out, while we're happy it didn't happen with Brandon Ingram here in New Orleans, you should be thrilled that it happened if you're looking for these picks to be good at the very least that it happened to Giannis and the Bucks there so on the surface of it I'm not totally like condemning this or being like oh those picks are worthless now they were likely not to be good anyway so I wasn't anticipating them being good but it's still quantity and I think that's important you if you don't get the quality of it you've got to make it up with quantity and that's something that New Orleans certainly was able to do getting as many picks as they could from the Milwaukee Bucks it was three first round picks and two pick swaps that's a lot you know it, it, even if the picks are in the mid 20s you can still do something with all of those and they're good to include in a future trade or just draft guys and hope they work out that's sometimes a good strategy too but at least one or two of these picks, if you count the pick swap in there, have potential to outlast Giannis. That is good. And this is a good bit of GMing by Trajan Langdon and David Griffin to kick those picks as far as possible down the road. As long as Giannis is there, they're going to be a contender. So they can't trade him for the first year of this. But if it doesn't work after that, he can still demand a trade. And I've already seen it, and this is probably unfair to the Bucks, the the city, the city of Milwaukee, and their fans. But people going, okay, now are they going to be able to keep him for the life of this deal? It's somewhat of a valid question, maybe not one we need to ask today, but it's a relevant thing. Just because he's there right now doesn't mean he's going to be in the future. James Harden just signed an extension with the Rockets. He's got like three more years left on you know on his contracts. There, he wants out now. So this could easily turn for the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, I assume that Drew Holiday, as much as this might hurt to say, is going to resign there this offseason and probably line his contract up with Giannis. So they're likely to remain good, but there's still potential it would fall apart. And maybe it hurts one of these picks that the Pelicans have, that 2025 pick. After that, there's still two that could turn out to be pretty good. So overall, I don't think Giannis signing the Supermax really impacts New Orleans that much in terms of the future draft capital they have. So coming up, what's this mean for New Orleans as a small market and the league as a whole? Because I do think this is a big win for everybody that wasn't looking to sign Giannis in free agency. So I'll explain what I mean by that coming up here in just a second. Before we get to all of that, though, life can be stressful even under normal circumstances, and 2020 has certainly taxed us even more so than we're used to. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes, and that's Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And Headspace is the is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help make you feel better. You're feeling overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations that you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. And who doesn't want more of that in 2020 and as we head into 2021? Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. 
Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free one-month trial with access to to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now, so head to headspace.com slash locked on NBA today. Okay, so coming up tomorrow on Locked On Pelicans, now we're going to finally do the deep dive on Brandon Ingram after we kind of preempted by the Giannis news today. How can he get better? What do you want to see more from him defensively? What did we see in the first game? And is that stuff that looks like it can carry over? Or is this just kind of like a one-game sample that we should throw out? I'm actually pretty optimistic about him, and we'll do a deep dive on that. And then I also am going to do kind of the advanced stats 101 thing. I know I use a lot on here, and it's kind of dawning on me. Maybe some of you all don't have as much content text around those. So Friday, we're going to do the game preview for the preseason game that night. And we'll also touch on some of the advanced stats, why I use certain ones, what's the context form, and why is it important to use those in our discussion about the team. So that's coming up uh, the rest of the week here on Locked on Pelicans. All right, so Giannis re-signed in Milwaukee, a small market team. It's like a flyover uh, city, right? Like you kind of just pass over this going somewhere else. And so to re-sign a player of his caliber there is straight up Stunning. I was on the radio with Gus Kattengill on ESPN radio doing a segment talking about the preseason game the other day when he mentioned to me on the radio that this news occurred and I hadn't seen it yet and just told him like immediately, you know, this is massive for the NBA and particularly small market teams. You don't really see guys stay in small markets. Uh, You've heard me mention it a lot this offseason. Small markets play by different rules than those big clubs do. Their big market cities do. You don't attract free agents here, and it's tough to keep your own guys. They want to go to those bigger markets. They want to go to, you know, maybe more competitive teams too. And frankly, big market teams are largely more competitive unless you're the Knicks or the San Antonio Spurs. Those are kind of the two outliers for the most part. So, Keeping Giannis is a big deal because it's rare you keep a guy in a small market team on a third contract. First two, yes, particularly if you drafted him. That rookie deal and then that restricted free agency max deal. I call it a mini max, but that's essentially what it is. And you keep him there. It's what Brandon Ingram just signed. There wasn't any place he was going to go. There was no worry he was going to leave New Orleans, right? Now, After that is when it gets a little bit dicey. We saw it with Anthony Davis here. The first seven years, no problem. Six years, no problem. After that, well, that's when it starts to get a little bit dicey when these guys tend to kind of want out. We saw it with Anthony Davis. We've seen it with other guys. And so getting that third contract is a really big deal because it's fairly, it's not unprecedented, but it's, it's fairly, fairly rare and not something you see particularly on this level. Giannis could have gone anywhere in the league, and he chose to stay right where he was. Now, why did he do that? Because that team is building a contender around him. They're paying the luxury tax. They're willing to spend and trade away first-round picks because they know their window is open right now and basically do everything they can. They're pushing all the chips in, right? They're all in. It's a World Series of poker time. They're going all in right now. They may bust out. It might not work, but at least they're going to try. And if you're him, you can't really ask for much more than that. And so they're building a somewhat sustainable winner around Giannis. They've had a good run for a number of years, and they've set themselves up to have a good run for the next two, three, four years. 
That's exactly what he's looking for. He wants to win a title. He wants to win basketball games and kind of reach that ultimate pinnacle. What do you think they're doing here around Zion and Brandon Ingram? If you can build a long-term winner or a team that looks like it's going to compete for the next four years, well then, you have a good chance to retain your players. The Pelicans before, when they had Anthony Davis, probably thought their window was open too soon and they pushed all their chips in on guys like Tyreek Evans, Eric Gordon, Omer Ashik around Anthony Davis when the window wasn't really open there yet. AD maybe wasn't the player that he needed to have been to try and have that team win a title. And then towards the end, you were just kind of spinning the wheels and doing everything you could just to be competitive enough, but never really a title threat or even a big playoff threat. The Pelicans aren't looking at it like this. They're being a little bit patient right now in the early years of these guys that they have on the team, trying to kind of peak as a title contender around when those guys are going to need new contracts. Zion? This is year two. He's got two more years before he needs a, a second contract. That kind of is around a similar-ish time for Brandon Ingram. So when this team should have that title contending window really open, it's when those guys need new contracts. And if you're going to be the best team that they could play for, they're probably going to stay. So when you see this, it shows that if you do this right and time things right, you can get that guy to resign and to stay. And that's a really big deal because it's not easy to do. And even when you do everything right, it doesn't always you know, happen that way. They still may want out. But Giannis signing there, and if he has that kind of success and wins a title, it's going to send a message to the rest of the league, especially to players in small markets, that if your team is committed to winning, and the Pelicans certainly are and have good structure in place for that well-run team, well, then you can do it there and you don't need to leave. And they can actually pay you more than any other place can. So if you can win and get paid more money than anywhere else, yeah, you're going to sign up for that. So this is exactly what you want to see. It might make these Pelicans picks worse a little bit, but it's better for the team overall in solidarity with another small market that it's just helping them. You know, rising tide lifts all ships kind of idea to use a cliche with it. So I'm excited that Giannis stayed there. Also, I do think it's better for the league to have star power in as many markets as possible and keep the health and interest of the league as a whole up high. That's the other big thing about this. Miami Heat can be sad. The Knicks maybe can be sad if they had a chance at him. The Lakers probably sad too that he resigned. Every other team, maybe Golden State too, and every other team that wasn't going to have a chance at signing Giannis, be thrilled that he stayed there. Make it easier to keep your own guys and make sure that, you know, maybe more eyes are on your team when you play the Bucks than before, than if they weren't good. And that market's clued into the league and is excited about it because it's more fun and the league is better off in that sense and ratings are higher, which makes everyone more money. So this overall for the league and for a small market team like New Orleans is a really, really big deal even if it hurts one or two of the picks that the Pelicans might have. All right, so we're going to get into Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Kyra Lewis Jr. I also want to touch on Steven Adams in the next segment from the game the other night. But before we get to that, today's show is brought to you by Built Go. Everyone's got a wall, and you've got to break through that wall. Another Zoom meeting, a big presentation, doing my notes to do the Locked On Pelicans show, whatever your wall is, Break through it with Built Go. Whether it's mental or physical, break through it every single day with Built Go. Built Go is easy to take one and a half ounce energy gel packages, and it's the best workout gel that I've found out there on the market. Basically, Built Go is like five hour energy without the same crash feeling. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results, and it comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. 
How does it work? Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. And that collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it's going to get into your system quicker. And all this is just going to help you ignite your work even faster. It's filled with good things like beta-alene, B3, a little bit of caffeine, B6, B12. We can go on and on and on. Give Give it a look because it's just got everything you need to break through those walls that you may have. So visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you're going to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. NBA fans, listen up. The Locked On NBA podcast is getting you ready for the start of the regular season with a special week this week of team preview podcasts, plus waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball and rookies to watch from draft guru Chad Ford. I'm going to be listening to the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm curious about the Lakers. Are they that much better than the rest of the league too? Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts and make sure you listen to this special week of programming. Previews for all teams, all divisions, everything you could want. It's going to be your one-stop guide for getting ready for the NBA season. All right, so let's touch on a few more guys that we didn't really get to in the recap of the Pelicans' 114-92 win over the Miami Heat. There's so much to talk about, and you could probably hear the excitement in my voice that we just didn't have enough time. Could go on and on and on about that game. Even though it's one preseason game, and as I've said, you shouldn't read that much into it, but we explained why some of those things I think are a little bit sustainable. But I wanted to focus on a couple of other guys on this roster that I thought had interesting games that are worth mentioning. First is Steven Adams. Uh, when I was on Gus's show, the sports hangover, talking with him on ESPN radio, asked me about him and I go, it, you know, one of the things with Steven Adams is you won't really see him out there doing a lot of things. And that probably means he's having a good game. And that probably means that the Pelicans are winning. If you're out there being like, wow, Steven Adams is scoring a lot and he's leading the team in points. Some, something's gone wrong. So the fact that he just had a quiet game of seven points, eight rebounds, including five offensive boards. It's perfect. That is exactly what you want to see. He was setting screens, clearing space for Zion Williamson, grabbing rebounds, boxing out for others, and helping the Pelicans with those second chance points. Five offensive rebounds is really, really good. He and Zion combined for eight. As a team, the Miami Heat had seven. So they out-rebounded offensively the entire Miami Heat team. That's very good. Um, and he does just does a lot of those little things and that's what he should be doing. He has not been brought in to be a big name score. I also think it's kind of interesting about Giannis signing that supermax deal. When you look at that vaunted free agent class that was going to be this next season, it's starting to dry up. A lot of guys are signing extensions. Steven Adams would have been in that free agent class and you could see him maybe getting overpaid because teams like to spend that cap space when they have it. But the Pelicans smartly gave him an extension right now and didn't even let him hit the open market for a team to overpay. And then they've got to try and match that. So by giving him that extension in the the extended trade that they did with OKC, it probably saved them money long term. Really kind of shrewd move by David Griffin in that in that deal with the Milwaukee Bucks and OKC that became that whole big thing. Something that's just kind of worth noting. So he was quiet, but very good in that game. His numbers will never jump out at you in the stat sheet. And that's okay. Keep that in mind when you look at him and try and evaluate him as the season goes on. Another guy I do want to look at in this one was Kyra Lewis Jr. He was two of three for five points, two rebounds, no assists. He looked pretty good, though. Like, for for his first minutes in the NBA, he only played 10 in the second half and wasn't, you know, out there for a long time. I was happy with what I saw. Competent passer. He wasn't scared to shoot two or three, one of two from deep. Overall, was pretty good. 
I was happy with what we saw from him. He's probably closer to the backup point guard than a guy like Nikhil Alexander-Walker would be, um, or at least to the two point guards they have on the roster in Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball, and Bledsoe didn't play, so it probably kind of skews the way the rotation looks. Nikhil played more off-ball in this game. Last year, I, they, you know, they tried to run him at point guard with that second unit, and his decision-making is questionable. I thought he was pretty decent last year. His shot just wasn't falling. And if all of a sudden, you know, his his three-point percentage increased a little bit, it, it makes you interpret him as a player very differently. But I loved a lot of what he did. Even if he made some mistakes and didn't shoot well, the aggression was always there. The confidence always there. I like that sort of stuff. And he has like every pass in his bag, especially with his left hand. And now using him off ball where you don't need to worry about his decision making as much and he can kind of be that scoring two guard for you. I really like that role for him. You know, he finished with 14 points on the night on 11 shots. It's not bad. He was four of eight from deep. He grabbed five rebounds, two assists, acting as a secondary playmaker, spot up shooter and guy who's just willing to drive and attack a defense, I think is a really good role for him in spot minutes. You take the ball out of his hands like that and he's not tasked with trying to pass and set up your offense and you eliminate some of the bad decision making, some of the turnovers, he's going to be a rotation player. I don't think he's a starter or like your top guy off the bench, a six man, at least not yet. But it kind of shows you he can maybe fill that sort of Manu Ginobili-esque role off the bench. Something that, you know, Karis LeVert, I think, needs to lean into to a degree. But something that I think Nikhil can do. And if he's not going to be your point guard, he probably pairs in the backcourt very nicely with Kyra Lewis Jr. If you're just kind of looking towards the future. So I liked what I saw out of him. If he continues to shoot... or better from three, he's going to be a competent piece for New Orleans because he can be that spot-up three-point threat. And then if you try to close out on him and you get off balance or you're up in the air, he's going to blow by you and he's going to attack. And he's not horrible at finishing around the rim. And then if they rotate over defensively, he can make the right pass. That's where he gets to be kind of his best self. When he's trying to set people up and try and do too much, yeah, that's where the poor decision-making comes in. But when it's like, okay, you've got a defender closing in on you, you've got to pass the ball, there's one open man, he can make that pass. When he's got to think a little bit too much, it's it doesn't work as well. But when you make him play a little bit more instinctual, I think, and a little bit more right in the moment, that I think is where he can really exceed expectations. And I like his shooting. I like a lot of what he did last year. Just the shot didn't fall in a few too many turnovers. Playing him off ball should cut down on that. If the shot improves like it should just improve, he's going to be a pretty good player, I think. I think people wrote him off a little bit too early. He was the 17th overall pick. Like 17th overall pick rarely does much of anything in a rookie year. So give him a little bit more time and you can kind of see them using him in a much better situation, which I think is going to lead to him having more success this year. I'm going to be curious in Friday's game, where does he kind of fit into this rotation? How do they use him there when you get guys like J.J. Redick back, when you get a guy in Eric Bledsoe back, who's going to be the starter, and then Redick being one of the first guys off the bench? Are there minutes for Nikhil? Or does Kyra Lewis maybe lose minutes and that's how you kind of make up for him? I'm not quite sure. That's what's going to be really intriguing to me watching him. He's further along in his development than Jackson Hayes, who did not play particularly well in that game. But we'll talk about him another time as we gear up for the season um, because he's someone we probably also need to kind of take a look at for where he needs to improve. So that'll come probably next week in the show as well. 
All right, that's going to do it for the Wednesday edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. Don't forget, big thank you to the sponsors, Blue Nile. Check them out, BlueNile.com, the 1010. Headspace, headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA um, to go give it a try for a one-month free trial. And then, of course, Built Go. Go to Built Go. Use promo code LockedOn for 20% off your next order. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.